Hey, welcome to the Hills and Hollows podcast, season two. I'm Jordan Fuller, hanging out with Kevin Robinson today and Daniel Bird, and we're here to talk about deconstruction, which is a hot topic in today's world. Daniel, you had kind of a quintessential Christian upbringing. You were on the path to becoming a pastor, mm-hmm. and then you just gave it all up and stepped away from your faith. That is until today. So we're yeah. here to kind of hear about your story. Um, so why don't you just start by telling us who you are and a little bit about your upbringing. Yeah, well, like you said, my name is Daniel Bird. I was born not too far from here, easily South Carolina. Easily. Go Greenways. Nice. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so I grew up in the church my whole life. I, we always went to church. My parents always took me to church pretty much every Sunday. We grew up just uh, going to youth, everything that I could do. I tried to get in the door. My parents said when I was like four, I told people I wanted to be a pastor and that's all I ever told them I wanted to do. So um, I'd preach to stuffed animals and all that good stuff. So, uh, so you were you were like as Christian as a gift. Yeah, you were like yeah, an yeah, A plus yeah. Christian. Yeah, super Christian. Um, but uh, yeah, not a lot of conversion rates with the, the stuffed animals, but yeah. we, we tried, <laughs> we tried. Um, but yeah, so. Grew up in the church. I uh, got heavily involved in youth, like I said, when I got to middle school. And I really thought at the time that it was God calling me. A lot of people were saying, you know, you're good at preaching, you're good at this, this, and this. And so I was just it's like, okay, sounds good to me. So I needed somewhere to fall into anyways. Right. Um, so that's what I kind of did. I started just preaching uh, in youth. I started, when I started playing music, I started leading worship. And I was convinced that this is what I needed to do. This is uh, what I felt like I had to do was to be in ministry, to be a pastor, to be leading worship, whatever I could do. That's what I felt like I needed to do. And so I kept that going, but I had a lot of questions, a lot of doubts in the middle of all of that. Right. Um, what kind of questions before you even go on? Yeah, what yeah. What the questions and doubts? So I'm an extremely analytical person, um, and I am very much a nerd, and I always read the Bible like that. Uh, I'm a history nerd first and foremost, but also uh, religion and I and so I'd read the Bible but I just read it like it was a textbook mm-hmm. uh, I wanted to memorize as much as I could I wanted to learn the stories but to me it was just learn them mm-hmm. and to be honest a lot of it was to learn it for argument's sake to argue with atheists or argue with people around me or, or yeah. talk theology whatever the case was but um, I didn't really realize what I was doing then but you know now I realize it was just again reading it academically yeah. at best you know yeah and so but a lot of my doubts and questions came from my brother, uh, he's severely autistic. And so growing up with him, at first, you know, I thought, oh, this is just normal or, you know, but I started really questioning and I started blaming God uh, Mm. for a lot of that. And I got angry at God and I got angry at, you know, the idea that he would allow it to happen. And then even more so, the more I read, it was not even that he allowed it, but they probably did it. and so to me, I was just, I was very angry at God and had a lot of questions, a lot of doubts, but I kept them hidden for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't really feel a connection to God. I didn't really feel a relationship to God. It was just more ideas. Um, and then so when you don't have a relationship with God and then the questions come, they just, it was numbness pretty much. And it was just right. getting out there and telling people about Jesus on the stage or in a small group, but I didn't really buy it myself as far as that goes. But your path, I mean, like at this point, your path was still, this is like coming out of high school and you're, oh, yeah. you didn't go into ministry mm-hmm. with these questions kind of suppressed, right? Very much so, yeah. So yeah. in high school, like I said, heavily involved even in like FCA at school, started yeah. a small group at, at my high school. And then once I got to college, uh, I was a Christian studies major, 
to start out with. Um, And I was in the ministry, I was doing worship, I eventually became an intern. And the whole time I'm dealing with questions, I'm dealing with a lot of anxiety, uh, depression, Mm -hmm. to be honest, there was Mm -hmm. a lot of things going on for a while there. And I I didn't really feel I had a relationship with God or anything like that, I just felt like I was doing what I needed to be doing, what I was supposed to be doing, what I was told my whole life you should be doing. Um, And so I just, I kept doing that. And like you said, suppressing those questions, those doubts, I kept them pretty much hidden. And you finally, I mean, you finally hit a breaking point, which I feel like, by the way, what you're sharing, I feel like so many people Mm -hmm. that grew up in the faith Absolutely. Have experienced the same thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we we know, like, I remember an email that you had sent me one time, like, Mm -hmm. you knew the churchy answers. Yeah. Like, you had all of the knowledge, but there was a disconnect. And while you're trying to save face and, and continue on the path you think you're going, that probably led to a lot of the anxiety is like just this disconnect between who you're trying to be and mm-hmm. who you actually are. Yeah. What was kind of the breaking point that, cause you, you ended up walking away, right? Yeah, pretty much. Um, I was in the ministry after I graduated college in 2019. Uh, I was in the ministry from that summer on, I started, like I said, I was an intern already, but I went to another church to do an internship. And then when I came back to the upstate, I worked at a church as a worship pastor. Um, so I was in it and I was miserable and I didn't see a lot of purpose in life, a lot of point in life. And I didn't quite understand why I was just going through the motions, doing the worship, uh, preaching occasionally, you know, leading teams and telling people about Jesus, but all the right, all, all the right, yeah. all the church, right, all the church you're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, had the script ready to go. Somebody asked a question, you know, all yeah. these things. And, but inside I didn't didn't feel any of it. And so eventually, right as COVID hit, really, I I left that, that church and I was said, I'm not, I'm pretty much done with this. I'm done with, with God, I'm done with the ministry, I'm done with all of that. And, you know, so I, I kind of ran away from God. I had this brief season where I said, I would tell people I'm a Christian because I still wasn't quite ready to be like, hey, I don't really uh. believe any of this. But in my mind, I was like, I'm done with all of it. Mm. And, uh, so that that lasted you know, pretty much until we until we met, um, okay. and you know I started feeling a stirring a little bit before that uh, to even to come to church. She, my girlfriend and I had been looking for churches around here, and she wanted to get involved in church, and so I went, and uh, that was a step for me because I hadn't stepped foot in a church since I really you know left that other one where I worked at. Yeah, um, and so really. I just, I felt the weight of the depression, the anxiety, all of these things. I felt no joy, no no peace, none of this. And I finally got to a point where I was like, look, if, if, if I know all, like you guys, we've been talking about, I know all the answers, I know, no, I shouldn't say that sounds arrogant, but I know, I know. Um, You've been taught yeah, all the right, taught all the right yeah. answers. You know, I, I know the verses where Jesus says that he leaves his peace with us, all of these things. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, why not actually give him a shot? Why don't I actually give Jesus a chance and yeah. not just do this? And so I got this place of desperation. It's like, I gotta talk to somebody. But at this point in my life, I didn't really have anybody to talk to because I've also, I isolated myself purposely from you know friends that I used to have in the church or whatever else. And 
I just got on the uh, the website and I saw your name, Kevin, and I was like, oh, I played football with him uh, <laughs> when we did the the football thing. Yeah. I was like, so I kind of know him. I guess I met him one time. So I was like, in desperation, I just I got to talk to somebody. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So I want to I want to jump back just a few steps mm-hmm. for somebody who might still be in that process. What do you think it was that caused you to step away? Was it because for me, I I stepped away uh, in my early twenties because. I had grown up in it, yeah. and I never had really fully found my identity in Christ. Mm-hmm. I was following my just my upbringing in Christ. Yeah. Or some people, it's ministry. Mm-hmm. They get burnt out in ministry, and they never really uh, find their time to connect with God in, in that personal time, mm-hmm. and that burns them out, and they step away. What do you think was your moment that you were like, oh, I'm done, or mm-hmm. what caused you to be like fully done with it? Yeah. That's a really good question. I, I thought about this a lot because I would think I used to say it was ministry, like a burnout on ministry thing. Um, one of the churches I worked at, there was a lot of sketchy stuff going on behind the scenes mm. and I was not thrilled with it. Mm. And I think I used to think I was bitter and resentful towards that. Um, looking back now, I think if I would have had a right relationship with God in the first place, he would have been my treasure, my joy. I don't really think I would. I mean, I would have cared, obviously, but right. it would have been different. Um I think what made me walk away was just, I never had a true relationship with him. I think that I had allowed these questions, I had allowed these doubts to not really get addressed, or even if people tried to address them, if I did let them out any, I was unwilling to you know, let that in. And I think eventually I just said, you know, I've graduated college, I've left these churches, nobody's holding me to this anymore, I'm gonna go do what I wanna do. And um, so I kinda embraced the whole I wasn't really with God in the first place, so that's how I'm gonna, that's how I'm gonna be. Mm. Do you think Christians or culture have put in place, um, uh, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for, like guidelines where you feel like you can't speak out or mm-hmm. if you're struggling with something, you can't share what you need to share those doubts. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, I definitely think, I think there's a lot of that because I think there's a lot of fear Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's probably some misconceptions of God and misconceptions of the church. And I think there's a lot of, for me, it was, I was already so wrapped up in, this was my identity to me to question that or to tell people, Hey, I'm not really sure that would, if I would have came out and said, this is what I really believe people would have been like, that was everything I was wrapped mm-hmm. up in. Right. They're like there's Daniel, there's that Jesus kid. Mm-hmm. So if I would have came out and said, Hey guys, just kidding. I mean, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know. About um, this. Yeah. I felt like I would have been ostracized. I felt like I would have been abandoned. And to yeah. me, it was like, that was, couldn't do that. So, yeah. 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 So what was it then, like for somebody that's in that place that mm-hmm. they're like, all right, uh, I don't know that I'm buying into the Christian thing, but maybe, maybe just like what you experienced, they've, they've kind of gone away, but they feel a little bit lonely or anxious mm-hmm. or depressed. That didn't solve the problem. Yeah. Like what, what brought you to the point to reach out? And, and like, what do you, what would you say to that individual who's sitting in that tension right now? Mm. I would say, um, number one, the, the anxiety, the depression, the loneliness that you feel is not going to be solved by people. Cause mm-hmm. that's what I, at the end of the day, that's what I wrapped it up in. Uh, the reason I didn't come out and just say, guys, I don't know if I really believe this is because I thought I'd lose all these people. Um, but people are not going to 
feel what's in your heart. They're not gonna feel that anxiety, that depression, that need that you mm. feel. And if you're in that mindset of, I can't leave this because I'll be lonely or I already feel lonely, I think the wildest thing that I ever did was to leave the source that would give me what I was looking for, which mm. was peace and joy and feeling fulfilled and feeling you know, that I had somebody. Uh, because even a verse that, you know, I think it was shared on Sunday of that you gotta get to the mindset of you compare everything else as, as nothing compared to Christ. Yeah. And I think when you're in that mindset of worrying about revealing your doubts or worrying about, you know, what you feel, what you don't realize is that if you just did, number one, you probably actually won't be rejected by people. They'll probably be there for you. But number two, getting them out, talking to people about them, having people realize that, hey, I've already gone through this, maybe we can walk through this together. And if anything can point you back to the source of all the things that you're looking for, that's the answer. Yeah. Um, and that's the point I came to. Like I said, I just, I finally felt like, you know what, I know, all, like we've talked about, I know all the churchy answers, but maybe it's time to actually give Jesus a chance to yeah. do what he says he's gonna do, instead of just believe it for academic purposes or yeah. whatever else. So we had, um, we had gotten coffee that day. You'd mm -hmm. kind of reach out, you found it, shot an email. We got coffee that day. Um, and I mean, like you were already, you were gonna give your life to Christ whether we got together or not. Yeah. I mean, this is like, even yeah. just hearing you talk, like this is, this was, you knew where to go, mm -hmm. but um, God just kind of used that conversation to continue spurring it on. So that day you gave your life to Jesus at the mm -hmm. coffee shop. It was like a Monday. Yeah. Um, what's like, you already, you've already read the Bible, but I know right now you're digging into the Bible, mm -hmm. you're digging into to church, um, and you're, you're reading another book. Yeah. What's different now than before when you were in high school and you had all this, I mean, same resources, yeah. but th there's, there's a difference. Mm -hmm. Well, I think number one, like you said, uh, reading the Bible has been very interesting because I'm reading it and my first thought is to go, I've already read this, but now it's turned into how can I plug this into either fixing things that I believe that were actually not true about myself um, or fixing things the way I believe about other people, uh, the bitterness that I held towards what I felt like I got wronged in church or mm -hmm or these doubts that I had, feeling that I was lesser or inferior for even having them, none of that is found in scripture. And uh, to read that in a new light and to let, I actually, I used to just read the Bible, like I said, for either the academic reasons or because I felt like I had to. Mm. And now it's gotten to the point where if I don't do it, it's almost weird. It feels like I don't like the day if yeah. I don't do it. I like yeah. to start my day with it because it's just, I wake up with the desire to do it. And I don't think I've ever really had that. Um, and the book that you mentioned is, is a book on prayer that we've been reading and- What's the book called? It's a, what's it, Pray, a Praying Life? Praying Life, yeah, yeah. Paul Miller, yeah. It's very, very good, but it's yeah. been eye-opening. The main point of the book is dependence on God. Mm -hmm. and it's dependence in every aspect of life. And that's what makes a good prayer life is to be completely dependent on God. And reading this book has really opened my eyes that I, not only was I terrible at prayer, well, and I know why it's because I didn't really think that I had a relationship with God. It's even now I'm realizing God cares about every single aspect of my life. Mm. And that to me has been so eye opening. It's not just the big things. It's not just the anxiety or the depression. It's that God cares about every little thing. And it just feels like now that I have this 
savior and Lord, where before it was just an idea. It was just mm. a, yeah, I'm a Christian because it seems right. Um, like, oh, the historical evidence was there. And I still believe all of that. And I would love to talk to people about it. But yeah. now it's the relationship means more to me than all of that knowledge and the head stuff. And so it's just been, even when we first talked, we went through, told him to go through John again. Yeah, yeah. Which I love John. and But to me, it's it's always like the book, everybody's like, read this one first. When the first time you ever in the Bible, was, so even my first thought, I was like, oh, I've already read John like a million times. <laughs> but I start going through and I, I was instantly convicted with John five, where Jesus says to the Pharisees, you pour over the scriptures mm. looking for answers and you've missed me. And I'm mm. like, okay, if that's not me, I don't know what it is. Yeah. Like, that's a lot, a lot yeah. of people today. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And it's just th little things like that, where God reveals those one or two verses that before I probably glossed over or wrote down as a point to throw a theology point at somebody sure, in my, right. you know, Christian university or, or throw it an atheist at me, you know, like little things then now I write down to be like, what is God saying to me? How can I, you change things about my life? How can I share this with other people? Um, so it's been, it's been a lot different. That's awesome, man. Mm. What, what would way. you, yeah. What would you say to like, um, somebody who, who's at the low point, like how would you encourage someone who is listening to this right now and they're like, that sounds great, mm. but it's the same thing I've heard yeah. many times and that's just not my story. Yeah. I think number one, when you're at your lowest point, the hardest thing to do, because I know I did this, is to isolate yourself and is to say, either I'll fix this or it can't be fixed. Mm. And I'm, I guess what I would say is that there's nothing further from the truth than either one of those statements. Mm. Um, and you have to, it, this is the hardest part and it was for me. Faith was the single hardest part and mm. it is still every single day, the hardest part of yeah. this walk with God. And because faith is believing what you can't see. And a lot of times I used to think that was just the big ideas of, you know, God creating the universe. I can't see him, he's an invisible God, but that's not even that. It's also just, you have to believe that God can heal you, that mm. you can be, made right that your heart does not have to feel the way that it feels every single day to wake up and feel lonely, to wake up and feel ostracized or rejected or like a fraud. Mm. Cause that was one thing that I really went through too. Even after, you know, our conversation at the coffee house, you know, for a week, I felt like, okay, this is great that I've come to Christ, but now I feel like everything I did before was, you know, a lie, a fraud. That's, and then I've been reading Paul's, writings, yeah. you know, and he goes through all the stuff that he did and he says, but by grace, I am who I am. Mm. And to me, if I could go back to myself two or three months ago and be like, Hey, guess what? When you give your life to Christ, it's not every day is not going to feel like roses and all your anxiety is going to be gone. Um, but it's a lot different. It's a whole lot different. And if I could go back to myself even further back two or three years ago, when I was at my absolute lowest point, and say, I know you right now, you don't feel like this is ever gonna get better. And you're gonna try some things that are not gonna work and they're making you feel worse. But I can tell you one thing that's gonna make you feel better and that's to get close to that source. Mm. Um, you know, C.S. Lewis talks about that where he says that we play around with all of these things in life when the real source of joy and the real source of happiness is in God. And I don't think I, 
understood that even two, three, four months ago. Yeah. But I understand it now. And my encouragement would be, it's not a fix all as far as you're not going to wake up the next day. You know, I didn't leave the coffee shop. I was like, you know what? Gee Willikers. I feel like every, everything's, <laughs> everything's be perfect better. Now. Yeah. Never um, have a problem. Yeah. Again. I didn't skip to my car. Um, <laughs> but it felt different. It felt like, you know, there was hope where there wasn't hope. There was, this wasn't the end, you know, like, yeah. And that my past has been redeemed by God. And that's amazing. Yeah. And, so that's probably what I would say to somebody. And I know like faith's more than, it's more than just like an intellectual mm-hmm. idea. It's, it's a step, right. right? Yeah. Like you've put some practical steps in mm-hmm. place to walk out your faith here yeah. recently for somebody listening. What, what would be like, how would you tell them, Hey, here's just a few practical steps that have helped me. Yeah. So I've been also reading this other book. Um, it's by, I, I can't remember the name, but it's basically, it's, I think it's a dream big, uh, think small or something like okay. that. And what he talks about how our walk with Christ is a daily, like you said, it's a daily thing where you're actually putting tangible steps in front of you. And what I would say to people is, like you said, faith is not just these academic pithy ideas that you can come up with. And those are great in their own right. Apologetics is amazing and I, I love it, but there are things that you have to do to pursue God, to make him your treasure. And, and for me, it's been the intentionality of getting into scripture. It's been the intentionality of, of praying, even when you don't feel like it. Eyes to this day, even reading this book, I'm still not a prayer. Like I don't, you know, I was telling you, Kevin, about when you preached and you, and you shared your grandmother's story, I was like, I just remember sitting there going, wow, you know, I wish I could be that diligent Mm -hmm. in prayer. And even to this day, it's something that I, you know, I aspire to, but at the end of the day, my goal is, is a large one, and that is to be more Christ-like every day than I was yesterday. But in order to do that, you have to take these small, tangible steps, and it's as simple as getting into his word and praying, even when you don't really feel it. Or even if you have a day where you read, and you're like, I don't remember anything I read except yeah. for this like one verse. It's just those little mm-hmm. incremental steps. Yep. And I think that's where people get hung up sometimes, is the simple fact that, it's going to be this monumental change right. in my life, but yep. it's not a monumental change. No. If you start taking those little steps, mm-hmm. God will take care of the rest. Right. And we spend so much time thinking everything has to be buttoned up yeah. and right. everything has to be perfect and we've got to live our perfect life, but we're, we're flawed. Yep. I mean, we are flawed. We're never going to be perfect. And mm-hmm. if you're waiting to get perfect, it's never going to happen. Yeah. So start taking the steps today. Yeah. Make it happen, right? Absolutely. Awesome. awesome. Well, guys, thank you so yeah. much for hanging out with us. That was amazing. We could yeah. talk for another 30 minutes, <laughs> yeah. but we got to wrap up for the day. We appreciate you sharing your story. Yeah. Kevin, thanks for hanging out with us today. Guys, thanks for watching and listening. You can stay connected with us online at foothills.cc slash hills and hollows on iTunes, on Spotify, all the places you find your favorite podcasts. But until next week, we'll see you next time.